0: Well, another very exciting week, only because it's always <laughs> always creates a little bit of, well, a lot of excitement when there's a WASDE report. And of course, have a lot of expectation for the March report. But the WASDE report was not too surprising, maybe mildly friendly for soybeans. But <laughs> boy, not so much for corn. We'll talk about it coming up. Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. The Farm Bureau is really busy right now because there's a lot going on in D.C fighting against Biden's new WOTUS rule and fighting for improvements in the new farm bill. None of that is even possible without your support. So support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Come online to itpaystobeamember.org. Our partner in crime, David Coley, is still out, but he is doing so much better. We are very thrilled and hopeful that he's going to be back with us soon. And one of the things that I forgot last week, John, and I'm so sorry, but John had a birthday last week and I know the older we get, you know, and you get past 60, 65 and you really don't care and you hope everybody forgets, but happy birthday, John Kavanaugh. <laughs> Thank you very much. You betcha. The WASDE report, we typically are hoping that everybody's going to get on board and realize that this needs to be adjusted down, this needs to be adjusted up, and some of the adjustments just don't happen sometimes, but I think you may agree or not, but that many of the changes that happened this time were expected, so it wasn't a big surprise. I think maybe one of the big surprises, John, was is that USDA rarely makes big, bold moves, but boy they sure made a big move in that Argentine soybean crop.
1: it was about time they'd been so far behind (laughs) they finally woke up, you know, they're chasing the train so that it didn't get away from them, but everybody knew that was coming, and they did make an unusually sharp downward move, but it was more than in order. The the situation in Argentina is just Oh, it's dep- horrible. It gets eh? worse and worse, doesn't it? It's the driest in 60 years. Temperatures are the hottest since the early 1900s, so they're having really major, serious weather event in Argentina this year.
0: Yeah, and to your point about the move down, it wasn't just USDA, but even the day after the report, a bunch of reports came out of South America, and they're talking about taking it down even some more.
1: I know! That's incredible, and, and to get specific, the Rosario Grand Exchange and the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange, both came out with estimates that are even lower than the the, uh, USDA by quite a bit. The Mm -hmm. USDA put Argentina corn at 40 million tons. Now, that's down from their last estimate a month ago of 47 million tons. But now, the other grain exchanges are coming out with even lower numbers. Uh, (laughs) They're talking about corn as low as 35 million tons, another 5 million from what USDA said. Mm -hmm. Soybeans, USDA put uh, Argentina beans at 33 they were 41 a month ago, and the Rosario Grand Exchange is at 27 million tons, and hmm. I think the Buenos Aires Exchange is 29 million, both well below the USDA. Hey, are they going to have a crop this year? Are just just <laughs> yeah. forget about it. This
0: year? Yeah, well, as soon as they hit negative 10, we'll know. U.S. soybean <laughs> supply and demand changes called for higher exports, lower crush, and reduced ending stocks. Soybean exports raised about 25 million bushels to 2.02 billion. Stocks dropped 15 million bushels to 210 million. Well, you know, we talk about being tight before, and that's even tighter than we've been. Yeah,
1: that's a very tight number on soybeans. That was friendly to the marketplace. And the strange thing, is is that a month ago in the February report the USDA increased the projected carryover by 15 million bushels and they turned around and took it away? <laughs> uh, this report put it back to 210 and 210 is getting very tight. Yeah. Okay, and there's concern that that number is going to go even lower. That the market's worried about that. So beans continue to be very tight. Flipping
0: from soybeans to corn, the export sales and shipments of U.S. corn, we all know have been running behind. They've just been deplorable. So no big surprise to see exports reduced by 75 million bushels, which, of course, commensurately raised the ending stock, 75 million. John, I don't think that was a big surprise to anybody.
1: No, no, it wasn't a big surprise at all. That was fully anticipated because export sales of corn, we've been talking about this for the past several weeks, that they're continuing. You to run well behind what they should be to hit the usda projection now rob i'm looking at a corn chart right now is that thing ever ugly (laughs) corn has been butchered the last two weeks going down more than 70 cents a bushel uh we stabilized for several days and then we hit it again this week after the west report came out and why is that because that number that came out was fully anticipated Well, here's the concern. When you look at the export numbers and you analyze them, we had huge corn export sales this week. It was 1.4 million tons. That was the biggest week of the entire marketing year. The U.S. has got the cheapest corn in the world, and the whole world now is shifting to the U.S., so we could look for big weeks from here forward. But we're still well behind where we should be to hit even the USDA's recent projection. We're only 65% of the total that's the new lower total when at this time of the year we usually are 79 percent of that total the market always looks ahead doesn't it well and it says oh you know the government didn't lower exports enough the exports may drop even more and the carryout could be increased to as much as 1.5 billion bushels they came out at 1.342 maybe it's 1.5 guess what our tightness is gone at 1.5 so the market's looking at that, Rob, and saying, you know, we've got a new crop coming on, and if we have a good crop, we're going to build stocks even more. All of a sudden, we're looking at some very bearish numbers. Yeah. And so, therefore, the market headed south again. The bottom line on that one is you know, it's still early.
0: And particularly given the news that came out of South America this week, that the second corn planting pace in Paraná, which is one of the biggest growing regions in Brazil, now the slowest in more than 12 years at 37% complete, far below the five-year average of 68%. Rains have also delayed the soybean crop. Now only 30% of that harvest is completed, versus 51% average. So as we've mentioned before, they get that soybean crop off and then right behind it, come in and plant that corn. So at only 30% complete, this thing just keeps on getting farther and farther behind. I suspect that that may have something to do with how the market is reading the tea leaves, if you will. And as they do, John, talk about the report coming at the end of the month.
1: That's one of the two biggest reports of the year. We get the stocks number and we also, of course, get the intended acres. And that's an actual survey. So that thing is, of course, is going to, is going to dominate over the next uh, few weeks until it comes out. So, Rob, you pointed out a stabilizing force for corn, the fact that this uh, safrina crop, the second corn crop, is probably going to get planted late and it could be pollinating during the dry season. And didn't Conant already come out and start lowering the corn number?
0: Indeed, they did. And they continued to talk that it could even go further. And some of the most reliable resources agree that uh, there are probably more cuts on the way.
1: Okay, and here's something else too, Rob, that we're not hearing much talk about this yet, but mentioned that the corn has taken a huge hit. Soybeans have too, but the soybeans relatively have not taken as big of a hit as the corn. And guess what? The new crop corn-bean ratio has widened out to favoring soybeans.
0: So you're thinking then that the planting intentions probably going to follow along with that here when we get that report.
1: It could because but see remember the planning intentions are being taken right now. But still being March the eleventh, there is still time for that to influence it. But my point is is in the Ag Outlook meeting, USDA looks for corn planted acres versus a year ago to increase by two and a half million. You know, if this ratio stays where it is, that may not be true. We may see a lot of these corn acres go back to soybeans and we don't get that big of an increase. That becomes bullish again. That becomes a stabilizing force for corn. So we got to watch that. That makes that March 31 report even more important. To what
0: extent do you think at this point, or even perhaps between now and that March 31st report, the weather is going to factor into it because Japan's weather bureaus, you know, one of the big, you know, weather uh, prognosticators on the planet. They said just yesterday on Friday that the La Nina weather pattern has ended Pretty definitively, they said it has ended and that there is a 70% chance of normal weather patterns in the Northern Hemisphere coming yeah, this oh spring and <laughs> probably stay that way. El Nino weather throughout the summer, that typically says we're going to have some pretty good conditions for our crops.
1: Yeah, that's another reason this corn market has crashed so hard this past week. We not only have the exports looking especially sick and, and possibly being reduced even further, but now it comes out from the video people that a three-year La Nita, by the way, is over, <laughs> right. and we are going to be shifting to an El Nino, and immediately the market says, El Nino, what does that mean? Well, historically, typically, not always, but typically it means normal weather for the U.S. Midwest during the growing season. So all of a sudden, oh, we don't have enough demand for our exports. Brazil is competing too heavily with us on our corn exports, and now we're going to have a huge crop with a better-than-trend yield. Mm. Rob, we're jumping the gun a little too soon here.
0: But everybody's thinking, oh, no more $15 beans, no more $7 corn. Well, we've gotten to the point where we need to think about a final word for the day. Have you tucked anything away there in your uh, little pouch of of interesting uh, Paraphernalia or or paranoia or any of the other p words. (laughs)
1: Paranoia is more like it. (laughs) I got two things to mention. One is this thing about corn exports. But if we go back to the September estimates when the USDA made their initial supply-demand estimates for this year's crop, since then they have reduced exports by four hundred and fifty billion. From their initial estimate. Wow, I've never I don't know if I've ever seen that big of a decline, except during a draft year. And now they're saying that they they still may be off by hundred and fifty million, which if that proves to be true, then that says that they were off by six hundred million going back to last September, which was only six months ago. Woo. Holy cow.
0: A mere rounding error.
1: <laughs> well, I guess we need to analyze what caused these exports to fall off so much. And I'd say it comes to Brazil had a much bigger crop than we realized. Right. And, of course, this agreement when they can now ship corn to China is taking our Chinese market away from us. And as, and as you've mentioned before, Rob, it looks like that this marketing year that uh, brazil is going to be the largest exporter of corn in the world well always been the u.s but we're being replaced this year
0: well when you look at the fact that 90 firms have been approved to ship corn to communist china the outlook for a record corn crop out of brazil put it all together they could surpass the u.s as the world's top corn shipper The Weekly Visit with Colleen Kavanaugh brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau, and farming has a lot of challenges. I'm talking about a bunch of them in Washington, D.C. right now, like the fight with Biden's EPA over the waters of the U.S. That is critical for farming. And the Farm Bureau is fully engaged in that, as well as the Farm Bill priorities that, frankly, touch all farmers. The Farm Bureau's efforts to support farming on the state and national level only possible with your Farm Bureau membership. So support your local Farm Bureau with membership go online to it pays to be a member.org
1: podcasts by federated media